0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to episode 63 of the Sorry to Interrupt podcast. This is an NFL Wednesday. So Sean and I started off by talking about the New York Jets and the rest of the coaching hirings that went over this past week. After that, we jumped into the AFC playoffs from last week, then the NFC's after that, we recapped our picks from last week. I went 5-0, and no big deal. You guys can figure out how I went 5-0 and by the end of the podcast. Sean went 2-2. and Trash. After that, we made our picks for the following week, talked a little more football. Uh, new year, new beat, so enjoy this one and enjoy the games this weekend, guys, and have a good night.
1: Welcome back! It's our NFL rundown podcast here on this Wednesday, the ninth day of January. A lot of news going on in the NFL. We're approaching divisional weekend, head coaching carousel all around the bend. Tom, what's up, bud? Hey, how are you? Yeah, that was not a fun, fun Monday night. I think the last words I said on the pod Monday was "roll tide." They got rolled, but we'll discuss that big on time, Monday. Big time. Um, I know you had some capital on it. I don't feel sorry for you, um, but it was not a, not an enjoyable experience for either of us having to watch that game Monday. But regardless, um, with the exception of a lot of the players in that game, there's not really any implications. Neither coach is going anywhere or going to the NFL. So we'll just discuss that Monday, and that'll be the extent of our college football. But
0: rumors, saving to the Jets. Oh wait, they hired Adam Gase.
1: Yes, they hired Adam Gase. So. Do we want to start with coaches, or do we want to start looking at the games from this past week?
0: Let's start with some coaching news, some hirings. Yeah, and you're ready to give your take. So why I'm don't, ready don't you get it out of the way? Don't, why
1: don't you just go? Okay. So right before we came on air, about an hour and a half before we came on air, Adam Schefter dropped his little Twitter bomb there about the New York Jets have officially hired Adam Gase, formerly of the Chicago Bears and the most recently Miami Dolphins, to be their next head coach. As the Jet fan on the panel, how we feeling, man?
0: I'm not happy about it. I really okay. want to Mike McCarthy, but you pointed out to me that nobody else was going after him, so maybe maybe he didn't have a good interview anywhere. I, I don't really know what's going on with that. I just really don't want a coach that's already failed twice as a head coach. That's how I feel.
1: Now Point would you, blank, where, period. If, if McCarthy wasn't an option, what was, where would you rather have gone?
0: I want the guy from Chicago, the guy that went to uh, not um, the guy that went to um, Denver.
1: Vic Fangio. You yeah. wanted another defensive guy.
0: Yep, I wanted them to uh, hire. You,
1: you were just screaming on this podcast you know about what? finding an offensive guy.
0: I really liked him, and this is a good young defense. And I thought that if they did the whole get a defensive guy in there and then get a young, I know I'm completely backtracking on what I said. Yeah, but...
1: you're sounding completely. This is crazy. It's wishy
0: washy, and I guess I'm a hypocrite. Call me what you want, um, but. If you can get a young Cliff Kingsbury in there as an OC or or a guy like him.
1: Well, he just took a head coaching job, so you I was using him,
0: him I was using him more of more as an, a, an example. An example. And then get a defensive-minded guy in there that understands 2019 going into football and and have a guy that can develop your quarterback with that OC, I would have been a lot happier.
1: Well, there weren't a lot of those kind of guys that were going to be offensive coordinator options. Most of those guys were being promoted to head coaches and getting those kind of looks. Remember then, there were eight openings. Six of them now have been filled with your Jets hire. I mean, I'm going to talk you off the ledge a little bit. And you know me, I'd like to see you on that ledge at least a little bit. But, um, I'm definitely there. I'm not going to go too—I don't think it's a terrible a terrible move by your New York Jets, and I'm going to explain why. I'm not a huge Adam Gase fan. I think I've said that a couple times. I don't think he's the greatest head coach in the world. He was supposed to be this offensive guru, and I haven't seen it in Chicago or in Miami. But let's take a step back and look at some of the teams that he's had. He had Jay Cutler in Chicago. We know what Jay Cutler was. Then he had Jay Cutler's corpse in Miami when Tannehill got hurt. And then he had Ryan Tannehill and Brock Osweiler this year with not a tremendous amount of offensive weapons, particularly this year when they traded away Jarvis Landry. So I don't think he's really had the opportunity to develop a quarterback, use his schemes with a quarterback that fits those schemes. And by all accounts, he was pretty coveted, even though he's flamed out twice now. I mean, listen, the guy went 5-1 and one against the Jets. So you, a lot of these guys like to look around and say, well, you know, who's a guy that beats us? We see a lot of him in division. We know kind of what he is. I don't think it's the worst move. I would have preferred McCarthy. I told you I think he was your best bet. But it didn't sound like he was getting a lot of offers out there. And it also didn't seem like the Jets were that happy with the fact that he said, I'm only taking the Jet job. He didn't say it in a way where it was, hey, I really want the Jets. I got all these other teams vying for my services. It was, okay, I need to kind of put myself out there because nobody else wants me. And that's not really a good position to be in if you're applying to be a head coach, especially after the turmoil that he just went through in Green Bay. So, listen, I think the Jets could have done better. But all things considered, and we're going to go up and down. When you say
0: better, who are you feeling?
1: Well, I think that they could have gone with a more – innovative offensive mind some of the guys that you mentioned as offensive coordinator ideas maybe more as a head coach but then again they're totally unproven at least you can feel good about Adam Gase having head coached in this league you know for a couple years he knows the league he was an OC for years before that so he knows the league a lot of these other guys that are coming in here either don't know the league or haven't had nearly as much experience as Gase has so it's not the sexiest of hires. It's not a guy that's going to get you super amped up to buy jet tickets or be ready for the season to start. But they they did go offensive, which is a good thing. That's a that's a. I have to totally disagree with you. I don't I don't think defense is the way to go. Especially Vic Fangio. He's never been a head coach, so you would just be running around in circles getting another defensive mind who's never been a head coach in the league before. So I think Gase is a solid pick if McCarthy wasn't the one. And I'm going to talk you off the ledge a little bit, buddy boy. I think I think you know what you need to get. You need to have an offensive guru in there, quote unquote, to bring in for Darnold. You can't just have an OC who's never been the head coach before. This guy knows how to run meetings. This guy knows how to have a locker room. We'll see what happens.
0: Okay. I uh, listen. It's a wait and see for me. Honestly. Yeah. Well, of
1: course. But like, but think about this. So like, let's move on down the line and look at some of these jobs. Okay. So Matt Lafleur hired by the Green Bay Packers. What the fuck has Matt LaFleur ever done? Most recently, he was the offensive coordinator for the uh, Denver, or for the Denver, I'm sorry, for the Tennessee Titans, Titans, and that That offense was not good. Now, we don't really know what Mariota is, and I don't think he did either. I mean, he had a little bit of Blaine Gabbert mixed in there too when Mariota was out. He finally decided he was going to give Derrick Henry the ball, but that took a while. He's from that McVeigh Shanahan coaching tree. And anybody that's ever been a part of, if the same name, if you're mentioned in the same breath as Sean McVeigh, apparently you're a god and you have to be trusted, which I don't necessarily agree with because, you know, just a background on LaFleur, he started in Washington with McVeigh and Shanahan and then went to Atlanta with Shanahan and then went to L.A. with McVay, and then most recently was promoted to offensive coordinator with the Tennessee Titans, and that was a pretty mediocre at best offense to me. He just got a head coaching job with the Green Bay Packers. Unless they think he can tap into Aaron Rodgers and revitalize a career that looks like it's going down just ever so slightly, I don't really have a tremendous amount of faith in him.
0: No, not at all. No, I mean, the Tennessee Titans, their offense was less than vanilla. I don't want to say it was bad; it wasn't terrible,
1: but it was very middle of the pack. Yeah, absolutely. And again, you—I mean—you could say you could throw at me. Well, you know, Mariota was hurt, and how good is he really? And I get all that, but he's never done anything. He didn't lead the offenses in LA and 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 uh, Atlanta. He was just part of those staffs, offensive, you know, wide receivers coach, running back coach, court, you know, like an analyst. He, it was never a, a, a full-time OC until this year, and it was kind of underwhelming in my opinion.
0: Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll have to wait and see on all of these jobs. I'm going to be saying that a lot, but hey, you never know. Maybe he can get some of that McVay, Kyle Shanahan magic as a head coach. Never know. and. I don't know. I I don't understand it either. You get, I guess you get Kyle Shanahan work for him and work for um McVeigh on your resume, and that just makes you head coach well, candidate everybody by default. Want,
1: yeah, man. I mean, everybody wants that next Sean McVeigh because he's charismatic. He's young. Well, he's, what's
0: funny is Sean McVeigh is once in a lifetime.
1: Is he though? coach?
0: I mean, listen, I mean, he's never won anything,
1: but. He's had two a year and a half. Between
0: between the guy being charismatic and the type of personality he is and the offensive mind that he is, how often are you gonna find a guy like that? Yeah, that's not, my that's my point. Yeah. And just not start very fishing often. for that. Don't look for Sean McVay. Look for the best fit.
1: Well, you know, a lot of people were when they found Sean McVay, they were looking for that young kind of crop of coach and, and the guy we're going to talk about next, Cliff Kingsbury, fits that mold exactly. Now, he's not a disciple, and it's hard to say you're a disciple of a 32-year-old head coach, but he's one of the most brilliant, quote-unquote, offensive minds that the college game that's now morphed into the NFL game has seen. And Cliff Kingsbury, you know, wins and losses in college, unless you're Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, Michigan, USC, really don't matter all that much. It's about You know, are you revolutionizing the game? And he had one of the most revolutionary quarterbacks who's burst upon the scene, and that's Pat Mahomes. He also had Baker Mayfield in camp, and people want a piece of that because right now, Patrick Mahomes, he's a freaking supernova. People want the next Pat Mahomes or a guy that they feel can develop the next Pat Mahomes. I don't
0: give him that much credit for Baker. He made him, he was a walk on. I mean, you know, people reach
1: for this man people reach for this shit. Yeah,
0: that's a big time reach if you're talking about that, but listen, uh, it could go two ways. He could be back in college in 3 years or he could be the next Cardinals coach for 10 years.
1: Yeah. I mean, they're they're taking a chance and saying, "Listen, we used our tent. we traded up to get the 10th overall pick and draft Josh Rosen. Our offense is at a crossroads. We really hope we can tap into this genius kind of mentality and uh and find and make Rosen, you know, a top tier quarterback in this league, and and make Arizona place free agents want to go play. Um, I don't know if that's going to happen. Again, it's amazing. This guy was an average coach, slightly below average coach win when loss wise in in college in the Big Twelve, and he went right from fired to OC for about two minutes with USC to now all of a sudden an NFL head coach, yeah. which is my point to you before about finding one of these guys to be an OC on a defensive ba- dominant staff. You're right about that. They're, they're it, was wish, it was jobs. wishful
0: thinking for me, but listen, I'm going to have to let the judge jo- job play out, and according to a few articles I read, Gase has a history of developing young quarterbacks. Can you, If anybody can give me a name, shoot us shoot us a tweet. Because he wasn't Sorry there with Sports, Trubisky. so. And Trubisky is not that developed either. You saw that last week, and we're going to talk about that. But I don't know who he's developed. Hopefully, I mean, I think by far Sam Darnold, although Cutler was really talented, Sam Darnold's the most talented guy he's going to have as a head coach. So it's a wait and see kind of thing for me. We're really going to have to see how it goes. But why don't we move on down um, to the next head coach that was hired? Because there was a lot of. You mentioned Vic Fangio before.
1: And he got hired today by Denver and they went the route of defense. Um, obviously there's <laughs> offensive guys haven't really worked out for John Elway and he seems to be like a very difficult guy to work for. They went the defensive route for anybody not knowing who Vic Vangio is. He's an actually an older guy. He's in his sixties. And uh, he was just most recently coaching um, the Chicago Bears defense, which is the best defense the NFL has seen in a while. Yep. It helps when you have Khalil Mack and Roquan Smith, and one of the best secondaries in the league, too.
0: Definitely, but he drew up some really nice schemes. As yeah, well. no, he's really good. I'm not diminishing really him. I'm just saying the, uh, that. would really blame the Eagles' helps. defense for that loss in the playoffs. He only gave up, what, 16 points or something like that? So, yeah. not really the defense's fault that they lost that game in the playoffs, but. He's going in a different direction, going with a more veteran guy. I'm talking about Elway going with Fangio, and I guess we'll just have to see how it works out for them again. Everything's wait and see, so.
1: Yeah, I mean, when people talk about coaches, I mean, unfortunately you can't just say wait and see for everybody because then there'd be nothing to talk about. But you're right. Absolutely. I mean, at the end of the day, that's well, there really was what one it is. guy I, just speculate. There
0: was one guy last year I didn't say wait and see on. I had a pretty strong opinion about, and that was Matty P. I knew yeah, he was going to tr- suck. That's,
1: that's true. <laughs> and we have to remember... Josh McDaniels still doesn't want to take another job and has to be holding out for the Pats down the line or yeah. tomorrow or whenever the hell Belichick decides that he wants to leave. But, well,
0: this might be his last year after the prediction that I'm going to make. Oh,
1: boy, I know. I have no idea why he's just completely shunning himself from jobs. I mean, teams want him bad and, and – Patricia was happy to to take one and yeah he's been awful so good call by you and obviously I didn't think much of him either um we'll see what Vic Fangio does defensive mind in a in a league now that's basically heavy and all on offense they don't have a quarterback. I'm interested to see if Keenum comes back next year, if they trade him, if they cut him, if they just, you know, try to jump for he a quarterback. He wasn't terrible. He wasn't terrible, but clearly, I mean, I don't think that they – part They, of the they reason draft a
0: guy and then run it back with Keenum again with the guy behind him.
1: I'm really interested to see what they do. I mean, did they throw a bunch of money at Foles? I don't know. We'll talk about that another time, though. So, so far we've talked about LaFleur, Arians, your boy Gase, and Fangio. Moving on down the line, Freddie Kitchens got the promotion. He was the offensive coordinator in Cleveland. They decided that Greg Williams was not the guy they wanted. They wanted to have Freddie Kitchens. I didn't really understand this move, I understand why he was retained. I mean, he he really helped Baker put up big numbers once he started assuming the play. The only calling way duties. I
0: think this move happened was because they wanted to go in a more offensive direction, and Baker had a little bit of his input on this.
1: Yeah, it could be. I mean, it's all indications where they loved playing for Greg Williams, and and I think you can have it when that when the staff is already in place. I think you can keep him, and knowing that he's staying the hell out of it offensively speaking, and then you have Kitchens just continuing to be in Baker's ear and run that offense. But anyway, he got the promotion. What do you take away from that? Do you really just see it as just Baker had the input and they said we we need to have I don't an even offensive know if mind Baker, as our title?
0: I don't even know if Baker had the input but because, again, Eli Manning got to pick a head coach. A few others that deceived me got to pick their head coach. I think it was more just the GM out there who's a really good GM saw how well Baker meshed with him and just said this guy should be our next head coach. I mean, he did a really good job with that offense this year.
1: Oh, no, he absolutely did. He's definitely deserving of keeping that job. I mean, he... I just wasn't sure if he was right to be promoted because they did play really well for Greg Williams, and it seemed like they really rallied around him. But he has a reputation of more being out played, of his goddamn mind. And was that more might that be they short-term. played
0: really well for Greg Williams or they played really well because Hugh Jackson wasn't their coach anymore? That's, I don't know.
1: That's a good question, and there's no way to know that. Greg Williams has had opportunities to be a head coach in the league, and it seems like he's really, he's really good. He's kind of the uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick of coaches where – when the when he's on a staff and the head coach gets released and he takes the interim role, he's crazy. He's how insane, long does that, that shit work though? But that's that's the thing. I mean, obviously the Browns brass didn't believe that it was sustainable for a full season. So, um, Fr- Freddie Kitchens gets the job, and we'll see if he can evolve Mayfield even further along. Um, pretty. Pretty uh, high accolade for what he had him do his first year in the league, winning oh, eight games, Oh, bona fide seven rookie games. of the year, 100%. And, yeah, crazy. I don't so, think your boy Shake's going to do it. First of all, you're the only one that calls him Shakes, and it's... I mean, shake, <laughs> not Shakes. Shake. Still, it's an S-A-Q. Well, when
0: that. he comes on the pod, I'm going to say, do you mind that nickname? And I feel like he's going to like he's it. He's going
1: to like it. I'm looking forward to that conversation. Finally... As far as updates are concerned, Bruce Arians, he is back. Now, he had said the only job he will take is Cleveland. Apparently, that was not the case. He kind of pulled a McCarthy there, I think, because he accepted the job in Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay was rumored to be going crazy. They were looking into Brian Kelly, the head coach from Notre Dame, for a little bit. And they went, <laughs> talked shaking his head, uh, they went the more conservative route and went with a proven NFL head coach who knows how to win in this league. And that's Bruce Arians. Most importantly, he knows how to make quarterbacks really good again. Now, he, remember, resurrected Carson Palmer's career in Arizona, took him to an NFC championship game three years ago. Baker, or Baker, it, Jameis is the franchise. Basically, they the Buccaneers brass said whoever we're hiring has to be all in on Winston, and apparently Arians is a big fan of Winston even going back before the draft in 2015. So I don't really know what to think. All I do know is that Arians has proven a lot in this league, and if he is going to hitch his wagon to Jameis Winston, I think this might be the guy to do that.
0: Yeah, I think it was a perfect marriage for them. Don't know if it's going to work out. They could be divorced in two years, but just looking at it, Arian's likes Winston. He's going to give him all the chances that he needs, and the amount of money that they have to give him. I think that you have to give him all the chances. Yeah, they he don't needs. have a chance. They don't have a choice. And he's not going to be pulling uh, Winston for Fitzpatrick. Like, uh, uh, what's his face
1: did Cutter? Yeah. Yeah. No, they're not going to do anything like that. I mean, they're gonna. They're they're making their investment. They're looking around and saying. We we can't possibly let this guy go knowing who else is out there. You know, Foles is probably not going to Tampa Bay, and other than that, the rest of the free agent quarterbacks are retreads.
0: career is all but over at this
1: point. Oh, my God, I know. And that's going to be one of the huge offseason storylines that we look forward to once the regular season and or once the um, post-season, postseason is over. So that takes care of housekeeping for the head coaches. Let's
0: talk about some games, man. Let's get into it now. I'm da- hey, I dirt. asked
1: you. You said you wanted to start with the coaches. You are right. You did <laughs> ask me.
0: But let's talk about some games. We'll talk about the AFC first because it's a better it's a better league. The Jets are in there and then we'll talk oh about my the God. NFC. That
1: should that should be an indictment against them. Fuck you. So Am I wrong? No. Okay. First
0: of all, we will talk about the Colts game. Um this went as expected for us. Yes. I think we both took the Colts in this one and I don't know. Um I just don't think that they that the Houston Texans were for real. Is Bill O'Brien a good coach? Their secondary was terrible. I think he's terrible. tier two. Yeah,
1: I mean I, he got I, a lot out of that team. Uh, Watson was awful in this game.
0: Yeah, a- and luck luck wasn't great in the second half by any means. Marlon Mack went off in the second. They should have won. But, they should
1: have put up forty two points in this game.
0: But you know what? They covered. They sure Obviously. did. They, they sure an underdog, did so. and their defense and you, was great. You knew how this was going to go. Their defense was great. The rookie linebacker that they got is a stud. He may be in the fr- a front runner for defensive rookie of the year. And this one went as expected. What else do you have to say? No real no real surprises in this one for me.
1: No, me neither. I mean, I I, I thought that the game would be a little bit closer with he, with um Indianapolis pulling away late, but I was a little bit surprised with how bad Deshaun Watson was and how anemic this Texans team is when they play in the playoffs. I mean, they always get this 4 o'clock window the first game on Saturday. They were banged up, man. people know that this, this is what they do, and it's hard to fire Bill O'Brien because I don't know if any other coach would get this much out of this team. They need to get
0: a wide receiver next year. Yeah, well, having only Hopkins, Hopkins, they really
1: don't have anything. Hopkins
0: is the best wide receiver in football, by the way. He didn't have a drop this year.
1: Yeah, no, he's he's I think he's better than Beckham and he's better than Brown and he actually keeps his mouth shut, which is always he's a nice than Jones, quality. Ben Jones too. Yeah, yeah, he is. I mean, especially with the drop that Julio's taken in production, maybe not any fault of his own, but yeah, I would take Hopkins right now as the number one receiver in the league for sure. Um, the next game was, I'm not going to say entertaining from a good standpoint. This was a very sloppy game. But it was the 1 o'clock game on Sunday. The Saw this coming Los from a Angeles mile away from Lamar
0: Jackson. Saw it coming from a mile well,
1: away. Well, it's interesting because even though you picked this game right, you had the Chargers because you picked them to go to the Super Bowl. But on our pod last week, you said, I know, my heart says Chargers, but my head says Ravens. I don't know. I, I thought, guess your heart well, is stronger than your mind. It was, I and I also
0: thought that, listen, the Ravens defense would show up and I thought Lamar Jackson was would struggle. Good. Their
1: defense wasn't that bad. No,
0: not at all. I think the Chargers shot a few more a few more drives than them, but they're playing really well right now. They're really hot. I like them in Foxborough as well, at least to cover. And, you know, the San Diego Chargers, <laughs> are, uh, they're looking really good. And Lamar Jackson, honestly, the story in this game, he just didn't look ready. But, listen, let the guy take his lumps. You can't pull him for Flacco.
1: Yeah, it was funny. Like I was in the in the middle. I was thinking, you know what, you got to pull him. And then I was thinking back to, you know, when when Eli was going through his struggles and and putting up a zero point zero passer rating at Baltimore in the one of uh, the games in his rookie year. And It's like you just can't. You got to let him go through it. It's interesting though because you said the Chargers looked really good. I didn't see that. I didn't think they looked that good. I think their defense was flying That's around. I, I
0: thought they defensively they looked really hot. People don't talk, and they're gonna start. Melvin Ingram is right up there with Khalil Mack. He's awesome, and Joey Bosa, who
1: wreaking havoc,
0: is just—it's crazy. Joey Bosa is. M- Melvin Ingram is two forty-two fifty, six foot four. Joey Bosa is six foot eight, like two seventy, and they look like they're running the same. But he's just as fast. Oh, he's different. Joey Bosa is incredible. And wait till you see Nick Bosa. I know. I was gonna say it's gonna be really tough for Nick Bosa to be better, like everybody's saying. But I'm interested to see it.
1: But I mean, yeah, he's phenomenal. But it, I mean, honestly, dude, like, watch, watching the Chargers' offense. I was not that impressed. Like, truthfully,
0: nah, they left me. They left me with more to be desired.
1: Now the Raven defense played really well, but they were on the field the entire game. So that's kind of where I'm coming from. Where I think you got to exploit that. You know, they're tired. There's only so much energy they can use. Rivers missed throws. He threw a couple of bad picks. They had a fumble. They were lucky to recover. I mean, they let Baltimore back into that game. I mean, that game was basically over. You felt like they were winning by, you know, 35 points the entire time. And Baltimore had a chance. They were down 8 driving before Jackson fumbled. So I think that they got to play a lot more clean and a lot better on Sunday in New England to win that game. But they got out of Dodge. They won the game in Baltimore. The Ravens season is over. We're going to see what ends up being the implication from that result, but either way, sometimes you don't have to be pretty in the playoffs. You just gotta win.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That that's all you have yeah. to do. You really don't have to be pretty. Just keep winning the game. So moving on to the NFC, the first game, I'm excited to talk about the last game. That that one we may spend a little bit of time on. William Smith's not from Philly, Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> hold on to cover the early spread, mm-hmm. I believe. Which, we will talk about during our picks, to beat the Seattle Seahawks, a lot of head scratchers in this one for me.
1: What the hell is Seattle doing?
0: <laughs> exactly, There's my head scratcher.
1: I like watching this game. Like they were two teams this year. They were the team that cut loose Russell Wilson and let him take over and play like an MVP candidate that he is. And then they had times like in games like this where super conservative, not aggressive not running plays to that best-suit Wilson's game, not changing any kind of offensive mode that would make Dallas's defense kind of play on their toes. This was so vanilla to me, and especially they had an opportunity because Dallas' was momentum was killed when Alan Hearns suffered that gruesome injury. He thought Seattle could start pouncing now and be ruthless and, and take this game over in Jerry World, and it was not the case. Um I, took, I saw a lot of good Cowboys, though, in this game. Their defense was really good, whether it was poor play calling from Seattle or not. Really good defense. Again, they were feeding off that home crowd. Maybe they fed off of that injury that Hearns sustained and said, we're going to win this game and pour it all out. Elliott was running like a man possessed. I think that Week 17 game against the Giants where he didn't play really paid off. And they're going to the second round.
0: Yeah, um, I'm excited to see them lose in the second round. I'm really happy about that one. Listen, their defense looks really good, and that secondary is t- uh, its right up there with any of the teams. Patriots have a good secondary. You thought the Rams were going to have a good secondary, but they're right up there, and they can definitely rush the passer as well. Dak did everything that you needed for them to win. And like you said, you got to unleash Russell, w- Russell, w- ugh, Russell Wilson in this game.
1: Yeah, you do. And, and another, He's been
0: there before. The guy's been to two Super Bowls, it just almost seemed, won two Super Bowls. It just Super seems Bowls. like
1: they, they put handcuffs on him sometimes where they don't let him just be And their himself. run game was doing nothing. Nothing at all.
0: The, so let Russell Wilson be your run game in that in that situation. That should let have the been guy a run around and Doug Baldwin get open on a broken play. And that's Lockett. 40. Yeah. 40 yards right
1: there. Absolutely. I mean, I just think that you know, you're know you paying this guy a tremendous amount of money. He blew up the Legion of Boom to pay this guy. Let him do what all other coaches let their, you know, $53 million quarterbacks do, which is take over the game. Um, last point on Dallas, though, that it is encouraging. Zach Martin's back, which means that offensive line is back. They're creating holes. They're really doing a good job mm-hmm. allowing Dak to make plays. Uh, a lot of third and twos, a lot of third and threes, easy conversions um, for the Dallas offense and Elliot. Elliott running behind that line again. Looks a lot like 2016.
0: Yeah, definitely. And they were the only home team to win. This was an interesting wild card weekend. Um, not really chalk at all. No, not at all. Not not expect, not expect to go as expected. I feel like maybe going forward it may for a few of the teams. But let's move on to another team that it did not go expected. The double doink game. As so famously it will be called from now on. Cody Parky got iced. He hit the first one. Missed the second one, and Big Dick Nick takes him in there and wins that game. I could not believe it.
1: No, I I, I couldn't either.
0: Uh, One of the uglier games I've seen in a long time. Well, you
1: know what was different about this game from the Ravens game because you had both of those back-to-back? I thought the Ravens-Chargers game was just sloppy. I mean, terrible quarterback play for, for Baltimore. The defenses were good, not great. It seemed like the offenses just constantly made plays, a lot of penalties. In this game... I actually thought it was just a good old fashioned defensive battle. I mean, to me, I think the quarterbacks did the most they can. Neither of them looked anemic.
0: Imagine if I told you that the Eagles a couple weeks ago I told you that the Eagles somehow made the playoffs and their defense is what won them the game when they were getting burnt every other play by the Dallas Cowboys.
1: Yep, yeah, but again, you know they 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 are playing Trubisky and there was questions about him. I know he and he made a couple huge throws. One play in this game that turned the tide, I think was the deep throw to Robinson that was for some inexplicable reason called a non-catch because no one got the possession. Did you see that play? Yeah, I did see that play. That deep post pattern down in the, se- I believe the, the second quarter that would have put them in about the Bears, that is, at about the five-yard Well, yard the one.
0: problem was, I mean, first of all, somebody should have ran over and picked the ball, but the referees are blowing the what play they, dead.
1: Yeah, well, what are you doing? I mean, that was clearly a catch. He, he brought ran it all, four yeah, steps. Yeah, and brought it down, and then the ball came out, and nobody knew what to do, and the ref picked it up, and they call that an, a, a non-catch. That's on the refs. That's horrible. That's a catch in every, in every sense of the word. So I yeah. thought that was a really... Of course, it's
0: on the player. Somebody should run over and pick up that ball. But if the ref is blowing the ball dead, then that's you're the just going to run though, back to that, the huddle. And,
1: and that's what both players were saying. I forget the the guy in the secondary for, um, for Philadelphia, but Robinson was like, yeah, I mean, he was blowing the play dead, and they were going to go to review. He's like, I don't know what there was to review. I caught the ball, and he clearly caught it. Even whoever was um, the NBC's version of... Uh, of Dean Blandino and whomever, who they had I the refs. Fan, Pereira. No, uh, yeah, Pereira. Well, I he's think. the other Fox guy, but they brought, whoever it is, they, they brought him in and he was like, that's a catch, that's a catch, that's a catch, I don't know what's waiting so long, and then nope, incomplete ca- catch because no one came to retain possession. Made no sense to me, and that I think really halted any momentum Chicago had of, of putting more points on the board. I think this was just two really good defenses going at it. To answer your question, I would have said maybe maybe Philly's defense. They have the personnel. That's the weird thing. I don't know why they were getting gashed so much this year. I mean, I know they had some huge injuries in the secondary, but for the most part it's about the same defense from last year.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, their their secondary is just decimated. But And everybody's giving Parky a hard time. I, I've seen too many videos of people saying that he's from Florida. What's wrong with that? They're like, that's Florida pussy. I'm like, he's from Florida. Like, I don't understand why that has anything <laughs> Listen, to do with it. The guy missed the kick. It is what it is. Yeah,
1: and now it's it's been ruled officially by that the NFL blocked? that it was tipped. Yeah, hmm. I mean, who cares whether it was tipped or not. The fact is he missed it. The biggest thing, though, and he didn't need to put up a lot of points. Nick Foles went down the field again against the Chicago defense that hadn't allowed more than, what was it, 10 points, and they score. And it's, I mean, it's, it's Nick Foles. This team plays with a level of confidence offensively and defensively with this guy in, and I swear if he goes on another run.
0: If they win one more game, it's going to be tough, I man. don't know how you
1: can pull the plug on this guy. I just don't. But that's a question for another day. You feel bad for Parkey. You feel bad for the Bears because this was the best feel defense. feel bad for Wentz. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, you kind of do, but listen, if he gets two rings out of it even if he's not playing, he's going to feel just fine. But yeah. um no, I, I everybody wants to put it on Parky and you know these kickers have the worst have the worst jobs because nobody cares about them when they're making the kicks because you assume it's automatic and when they miss it's You know, you're the worst person, and they're getting death threats. Well,
0: why do you think Adam Vinatieri and Janikowski are playing at 90 years old? It's tough to find a good kicker out there. It's
1: brutal, and and Parkey's not a bad kicker. And, you know, I I, I really liked how the Bears players were speaking up for him and saying, listen, we got this guy's back. He's a great kicker. We're going to get back here next year, and he's going to do it again. I don't know. I have no. Hopefully, idea. he doesn't do that again. Yeah. Well, he's gonna, you know, he's gonna kick <laughs> the game winner, which he actually did. If it wasn't for um, Peterson icing him there, which is a great t- coaching tactic right there, and he probably knew. You looked at Parky's face, watching that build up to the ki- the second kick. He wanted no part of that second kick. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. How do you hit the goalpost seven times in one season? Oh, it's, that's that's, that's not just good. your snake bit. But tough loss for the Bears. The Eagles are going to head into New Orleans. So let's preview the divisional weekend, which I think is the most fun weekend in the NFL all season.
0: Yeah, it is definitely a lot of fun. Because now you have
1: the best teams in there.
0: Absolutely. So we have the lines up in front of us, Sean. Why don't Why don't you make the first pick, my friend? I'll let you have it.
1: All right. Or we do actually. Let's recap our picks from last week first. Let's do that.
0: All right. Definitely. So we will lead off with the the script that we've done all year. Yes, we will lead off with the Indianapolis Colts. Um, So what were they? Four point. Oh no, they were only two two point dog. Two and a half point underdog. And they obviously covered that one. You and I both took the Colts on that one. Yep. So good job by us. Following up with that one, we had the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, home against the San Diego Chargers. I
1: don't think the Jacksonville Jaguars were playing. Sorry, I was sorry. <laughs> oh my god, that was that, the Baltimore I, no, Ravens. I, I,
0: Lamar Jackson was stuck in my head. You know I'm fucking terrible with names.
1: Or Blake Bortles would have been stuck in your head. Oh, true,
0: um, oh, but I'm sorry, they were they were what five point favorites? I believe
1: they were up there. I think I think they were three and a half. Yeah, they You're were right, three, and three and a half. And a half. Yep. Sorry, I don't have the sheet in front of me. That's okay. The ago. only the only crazy game was. Um, Chicago was a six was a six point favorite.
0: Yeah, that was the only line that was really that high. So you took the Baltimore Ravens, I, I believe. I did. I was wrong. Good job, Sean. Thanks, man. Um, I took the
1: yeah, L A Chargers.
0: L A, what did I call them?
1: The Landyagan or something yeah, whatever like that. The hell Chargers. It was. Some weird yes. name. Yes. Yeah. So
0: I took them, and I was right. So that makes me two and zero. Moving on to the next game, it was the Dallas Cowboys. Against the Seattle Seahawks, now asterisk on this one because the line did move to two and a half. But when we recorded this podcast, and if you want to go back and listen to episode fifty sixty two, excuse me, I took them at one and a half, and they covered that spread. So that puts me at three and zero, ladies and gentlemen, three and zero. And you took the Dallas Cowboys. There you go, buddy. So good cover by you. Good job by you. Next game up. Final game, we have the Philadelphia Eagles against the Chicago Bears. Chicago Bears, six-point favorites at home. Yeah, I took that bold you number. You jumped on that line. It was an iffy line. You thought, I don't know, something's up here. I'm just going to take go with the line. I just
1: couldn't bear to see fucking Foles do it again, and I should have known better.
0: And I took the big-dick-nick-led Philadelphia Eagles. Not only did I do that, ladies and gentlemen, not only did I go 4-0 and this week, I went 5-0 and this week, ladies and gentlemen, because if you go back and listen to that podcast again, I said not only do I think that the Eagles are going to cover this spread, but they are just going to win the game outright, take the money line. I was right there. So I went 5-0, and folks. And if you don't recall, when I won my first sperm bag pick of the week back in week 13— Do we have to
1: do this every single week?
0: Stop talking. This is my time, Sean. When you go 4-0, and which you've never done before, I'll let you talk. So maybe I'll just do a solo podcast from now on, okay? Nobody since wants to hear about Week this. 13. I am 13 and 3. Back-to-back weeks 4 and 0, 5 and 0, 9 and 0 in the last two weeks, ladies and gentlemen. Since I started since I announced that I started trying, I am 13 and
1: 3. I should have let you just keep talking about how the Jaguars played the played the Chargers, but either way, congratulations. I'm glad you feel good about yourself. There's more I games really coming. I really wish
0: up. that I said let's just roll this contest over into the playoffs, but you know what? I lost – it's a regular season bet, and I lost the regular season, so I'm going to do whatever is suggested.
1: Yep, and you know what? You're a man of – I'm not going to say honor, but you're a man of your word at yes, least. Yes, I am. All right. Um, so, yeah, there there's our recap of our picks in a very long and exaggerated kind of way. Um. Moving on now to looking at the divisional weekend. Sorry about that confusion, but we should just go in order like we usually do. So, we've got the Indianapolis Colts visiting the Kansas City Chiefs and Pat Mahomes at Arrowhead. The Chiefs are opening at a five and a half point favorite. I do not like that line at all. No, the Colts are rolling. The Chiefs have had me really question them. Their defense is atrocious. It's the
0: worst defense in football. It's really, By really, like a really bad. Miles. Yeah, I,
1: they keep talking about how Arrowhead is this magnificent place to play. They don't win. They haven't won a playoff game there since 1993.
0: And they haven't won a deciding, a, a decisive, and deciding game at home. I don't think all season.
1: No. I mean, listen, they they got so lucky in that Baltimore game that Mahomes pulled them out from the dead. And I just don't have a lot of faith. Now, I wouldn't be surprised if they win. They are the home team. They have been the number one seed in the AFC. But I like the way the Colts are playing. They took care of business in Houston. That offensive line is protecting luck like crazy. They've got a running back in Marlon Mack who's taking care of the ball. Always productive yardage, and that defense is stout. I'm going to take the Indianapolis Colts to cover this 5.5-point spread.
0: I am absolutely in agreement with you. If there's one thing that travels, it's It's offensive lines.
1: All defense and offensive line, yeah. Offensive
0: lines travel. They are going to shove the ball down the throats of the Kansas City Chiefs, and Andrew Luck is going to have hours to throw the ball.
1: Yeah, you you would think so. I mean, if he if he was able to have that it, much time against a really good Houston defense, and if it gets into a shootout, us,
0: which I got a feeling it's going to, I'm gonna take Andrew Luck with that offensive line.
1: Yeah. I, I think that there's a good I, chance. it's crazy
0: for me to say that with all the weapons that Kansas City have has, but since losing, um what's his face, Kareem Hunt, they just have not looked like the same team. They haven't looked like the same team. And Damian Williams, I know he's bounced around and I and I'm I'm happy for this fairy tale story. I don't like it. I, I don't. I don't like the looks of this. The lines iffy. They may win the game by one. I don't know. I think that I think that Kansas City might pull this one out, but I think the Colts are easily going to cover the five and a half point spread. Yeah, this is a close game. So we're in agreement there. Let's move on to the next game. The L.A. Rams are at home and they are minus seven, seven point favorites against the Dallas Will Smiths.
1: Yeah, this one's going to be interesting. This one I am going to take the Rams. Whoa.
0: I know. Two weeks off, haven't been good since Cooper Cup's gone.
1: All the good things I said about Dallas, if you listen, run back to that podcast, a lot of why I picked them in that game was because they were home. And they are a different team at home than they are on the road. Remember, they went to Indianapolis, I think it was week 15, and got shut out in Indy, 21 nothing, so or 24 nothing, whatever it was. They don't seem like the same team, and I don't want to hear about the Week 17 game at Giants. The Giants suck. So <laughs> I, I think that looking at Dallas, they, they lost Hearns. That's a big loss for them. He's out with that terrible dislocation. I hope he's okay and recovers from that well. I think that Dak's going to have to throw the ball a little bit more than he wants to and more than he's capable of. And I think the Rams, who were very underwhelming in their one home playoff game last year when Atlanta went in and beat them, they now know what this is like. And and I don't know if they're a team that I'm ready to pick to the Super Bowl, but I do like the fact that they're at home, they're rested, Gurley's ready to go, Goff's going to be throwing the ball around. I am going to take this Zaftik number, and I'm going to go with the Rams.
0: All right, well, I am going to go Sorry, Will. (laughs) I am going to go with the Dallas Cowboys to cover this spread. I'm not saying they're going to win the game. I'm actually going to be rooting hard for the Rams. But I think the Cowboys can stay in this game. They have a great secondary. They get a lot of pressure on the quarterback. And like you said, that offensive line is a lot healthier, and they can run the ball. And, And if Dak Prescott can just do enough... I think that the only thing that's going to cost them this game is the fact that I would take Sean McVay a thousand times over than Jason Garrett. It's going to come down to clock management and a kicker. Give me the Rams to win, but give me the Cowboys to cover.
1: All right, <clears> I, <throat> I hear you, and, and it's a big, it's a big number, but I'm feeling good about the Rams. Uh, playing a meaningful game for the first time in a while. Now, that's
0: what I'm worried about is that they haven't played a meaningful game in a while.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can look at it either either side yeah, of the coin. Yeah, you can flip it so, either way. So, next game, we're going to go to Foxborough, where the New England Patriots open at four-point favorites against the Los Angeles Chargers. I'm going to take the New England Patriots. They have Phillip Rivers' number. Brady is, anyway. Phillip Rivers didn't do a lot in that Baltimore game to really impress me. They got out of Dodge. They won that game, a sloppy, messy game. He made a couple good plays. I know they've been the best, one of the best teams in the AFC. I know they're not afraid of going on the road, and this is one of the few teams that could go into New England and give the Pats a scare. The Pats are not the Pats of old, but there have been plenty of seasons where they haven't been the Pats of old, and they get it rolling. They desperately needed that bye week. They got to be. They got to take advantage of the New York Jets the week before that. Get everything right. I don't think the Patriots are running away with this game, but it's a four point game. I like them by a touchdown and an extra point for sure.
0: Wow. Okay. You know who I'm going with. Right, I'm well, taking my to. team, the San Diego Chargers. There you go. That's what. It Give was. me them because I think they're gonna. You know what? I'm gonna go on the line again. This is two weeks in a row. They're gonna go into Foxborough. This is a different Patriots team, different than I've ever seen since 2006. They're gonna win that game outright. I think that the San Diego Chargers are going to go into New England and win that game outright. There's one thing that Tom Brady hates more than anything in the world except a ripe tomato, because you know he doesn't eat tomatoes due to the inflammation. Absolutely. It's it's pressure. And this team can put more pressure on you than anybody but the historic defense of the Chicago Bears this year. And I think they're going to get a lot of pressure on Brady. They have a really good secondary as well. And the other thing on the other side of the ball, and I understand – if the, if the Patriots have one strength, it's that they have a good secondary. So Keenan Allen may not go off. Mike Williams may not go off. But a big weakness of the Patriots is linebacker play.
1: Oh, it's not good.
0: They can't move laterally at all. And the Chargers have three-plus running backs in that stable. They have a bell cow back, a three-down back, and Melvin Gordon. Then they can change the pace with Austin Eckler, who's a Darren Sproles type. You can throw the ball outside if Rivers gets pressured. Whatever you want to do. And then they have Jackson, who's like a mini Melvin Gordon out there. He can run all over him. Another wrinkle, they're getting Hunter Henry back. They're getting Hunter Henry back for this week. Antonio Gates, Hall of Famer. Love him. But he's looked like a corpse this year. Well, he
1: made a couple big plays in that Raven game. I
0: agree with you, but I'll... A healthy Hunter Henry at this point, I'll take him all the time, no, of course. I, I
1: agree, but you, Gates could also just you know come out of nowhere and make a big hey, play. Hey, you never
0: know. That would be great, too. It's definitely helping my cause with these guys getting to the Super Bowl. A- and, the, and the other thing, I think, is that Tom Brady doesn't really have a go-to guy anymore. They were relying heavily on Josh Gordon. He's no longer with the team. I hope he gets better. Gronk is not Gronk. And Julian Edelman has had a tough year. I don't know who Brady's going to get the ball to in a key third down.
1: Well, I gotta be honest with you. I don't feel great about the Pats.
0: I know you don't. But you, you didn't know really. You didn't have, have a to, very convincing voice. I for have it. to. I have. You're to, gonna go with the Pats because it's the Pats and Foxborough. I have
1: to do it. I have to do it because and it's and it, I also have to go with a chance of listen. Maybe they don't play their best game, and maybe they don't have the advantage in a lot of these key matchups. It seems like they don't have any, but they do have Tom Brady. They do have Bill Belichick. Give me Brady over Rivers, and give me Belichick over Lynn, and give me Goskowski over whoever's kicking for the Chargers. I don't know. After so, last week, are you sure? Yeah, he yeah. had a great week. I know, but it's still it's still a Chargers kicker, and that seems like they are the Vikings. They're just snake bit with that position. So until I see the Patriots get blown out at home or lose at home to and just don't play well. Listen, I just saw Alabama the other night play the least Alabama game I've ever seen them play. this year, baby. Let's maybe, go maybe, Chargers. Maybe the Pats just aren't ready to play this game. Maybe they just get totally overwhelmed. I will always go with the New England Patriots until I'm shown otherwise. And for no other reason, really, I like the Pats to take care of business in this game.
0: All right, so let's move on to the final pick of the week. That is the New Orleans Saints at home in the Superdome against Big Dick Nick. And the Philadelphia Eagles rolling hot after the double doink game. They the New Orleans Saints are eight point favorites against the Philadelphia Eagles. Give me the New Orleans Saints. I think the Eagles had their fun last week. I picked them last week. I think the Saints are going to win this game by 14 points. After watching that, sh- after hearing that quote that Sean McVay rolled the fucking wheel Sean about- Payton. Sorry, Sean Payton. Jesus no. Christ. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. All right. I'm five and zero. Oh. What the fuck are you? Nothing. So why don't
1: you just get the names right? People Sean don't Payton, want to hear about your money line picks. They want to hear about you actually Sean, analyzing the game with the right people on the team. Sean teams.
0: Payton rolling a wheelbarrow with the Super Bowl trophy and two hundred twenty five dollars, two hundred twenty five thousand dollars in cash. I'm all in. He said, "Just win three fucking games, and this is all yours." Yeah, I'm that all was in.
1: that was an awesome quote you sent me that, and, and then uh, Bleacher Report showed that, and I thought it was fucking awesome. But listen, I should absolutely pick the New Orleans Saints. But I'm not going to. Now, remember, the Saints just blew the doors off of Philly in week 11, I believe it was, in the in the Superdome. I think it was like 48-7 to 7 or something. But that was Carson Wentz, and he didn't look good all game. Nick Foles, I'm sick and tired of seeing this narrative, but he continues to screw me. It's like he's haunting me and the only way this could possibly be worse is if he wins another Super Bowl and then robs the Giants blind and plays like shit. That's the only way this guy's going to oh, haunt my I would dreams. Love it. This guy's going to haunt my dreams, but I don't think the Eagles are winning, and the, obviously with the trepidation of my voice, I don't think they're going to win this game. But eight points is a really big number, and because they've played them already, I think that is an advantage. Obviously, playing in the Superdome is huge for the Saints, but they haven't looked all that great either. They played down to the wire against the Steelers at the Superdome in Week 16. I know nobody played, but they got blown out by Carolina in Week 17. Take that what you want. I'm going to actually go with the Philadelphia Eagles to cover the spread in this game. I swear to God, if Foles wins again, I'm never picking him. I'm never doubting him again, and I'll just pick them to win outright every time. I think the Saints win, but I think the Eagles cover.
0: All right, so that pretty much wraps it up for the pod. Um, hopefully, on Monday when we come back to talk to you guys again, we have some positive Manny Machado talk. We're definitely gonna talk Bama, talk a little bit of NBA, talk a little bit of
1: uh College basketball college basketball, of course. We'll bring so it all to you.
0: Enjoy another weekend of football, Sean's favorite weekend of football. Hopefully he can get
1: over his Alabama
0: loss by that.